hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on it so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus, they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you. But I'm on the French team this year. Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com drink. That's rosettastone.com drink. Are you the type of person who loves to treat yourself? You know, sometimes you just want to buy yourself a coffee, a fancy coffee. Sometimes you want to get a little extra legroom on the plane. You know what I mean? So if you ever treat yourself to the top options, other places like that, then why are we settling when we're finding a doctor? I know it's easy to fall into that rut, but your health is so important. Enter ZocDoc. ZocDoc is a place where you can find and book tens of thousands of top tier doctors, all with verified patient reviews. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. There's no more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. You know we hate that. And these doctors all have verified reviews from actual real patients. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, which is so helpful. You can see who's located near you and who's available and who can treat basically any condition you're searching for. Plus, a typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 to 72 hours. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments. When I moved to LA years ago, I discovered ZocDoc because I was so tired of having to call all these different offices and wait. It took hours sometimes to figure out which doctor in town could help me and which one took my insurance, but not anymore with ZocDoc. I was able to find everything from a psychiatrist to a GI doctor, and I did that all through ZocDoc. And the app has only gotten better over time. I still use it. I still love it. I always recommend it to people, whether you have phone anxiety like me or not. It couldn't get easier to find a doctor with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com slash drink and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash drink. ZocDoc dot com slash drink. Ready? No. Okay. I'll wait. <laughs> That's like your favorite game to play ever since we came up with that. <laughs> I'll wait. I'll wait. It's every bitchy teacher. <laughs> I'm a third grade teacher. <laughs> I'll wait. I'll wait. <laughs> I wish. Never mind. No, say it. I don't know. No, I want to hear. I just started drinking my wine and imagining I was a third grade teacher. <laughs> and I was like, I so would have been a teacher. You would have been the teacher with like the the wine bra. Oh, yes, for sure. You'd be like, anyway, on to chapter nine. <laughs> I do like writing, writing on a good whiteboard, too, you know. Yeah, but remember before whiteboards, we had projectors. Mm, mm-hmm. Those were good. I mean, they were horrible. Right. But, like, they're a good thing to keep in the past. I found a floppy disk the other day. Did you? On the sidewalk. Oh. I was like, why is there a floppy disk here? A teacher got really mad. Then I was like, maybe I should see what's on it. And then I'm like, in what world do I have <laughs> something to put a floppy disk into? The best part is we're probably the last generation to look at that and be like, oh, I know what that is. Uh, I asked my sister. I showed her one a few months ago. And I said, do you know what this is? She goes... No. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I felt real old. Uh, How are you? Um, I'm okay. I'm happy. Okay, I'm happy. Good. Do you want to know why? Of and it's course. also why I drink. Please. 
Because we hit half a million downloads. <laughs> I can't believe it. You messaged me it this morning, and I was like, what? It was a good time. I told my dad, and he's like, are you sure? I was like, that's really rude. <laughs> Everyone's like, but that can't be right. No. But that can't be you right. You don't know how to count. I was like, fair. But <laughs> that M does, so. I do. I know how to look at a chart and have the number told to me. <laughs> it's a special skill. Um, why do you drink? I, I'm just going to skip over how you feel, because... You don't look great. It's all combined. You know, I had my first migraine today. Ever? Yeah. In 20? I mean, I... How it's old the are you, 30? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's the first headache where I've been like, this is not a normal headache. At least that I've, like, acknowledged it. I don't know. I mean, I probably have had them before, but... I get migraines all the time. It sucks. It was not a fun time, and I was like, what's happening to me? And was it the light-sensitive mm-hmm. ones? Where, like, if... And, like, a fly was buzzing mm-hmm. in the room and hurts. And I had to drive, and I was like, I can't do this. So I had to go home and put on one of those, like, sleep mask things and just lie in the d- the dark. Yeah, yeah. All you, all you can do is sleep at that point. It was very painful. Um, but <sighs> my body is rejecting me. Mm-hmm. Medically, you're a fucking mess. I was really worried for a minute that we were going to have to record in the hospital. I thought about that today, too. I was like... We might, I might be meeting you at the hospital <laughs> I later. Thought, I did. I also thought about it. I was like, well, would have been a cool, you know, it would have been an <laughs> on location. Yeah, we could have done a Facebook Live. In the, <laughs> um, that would have made two of us in the hospital in one month. Yeah, um, that's true. Lucky us. Lucky. Look at us go. God, it's like I can't even have the spotlight for one freaking minute. No. And you gotta be like, my turn. <laughs> Take it away. I one up you. Um, <laughs> Do you want to tell people why you were going to oh, be in the hospital? Because yeah. otherwise they're going to think you had a UTI mm. in the, when you went camping or something. <laughs> yeah, like, who would do that? <laughs> Not me. Or they're going to be like, you had a migraine, get over it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you said, I had a migraine, so I'm in the hospital. I might go to the emergency room. <laughs> <laughs> so dramatic. I had to lay in the dark for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't look at anyone. No. It was horrible. No, let's just say my immune system does not like me. And I have Crohn's disease slash ulcerative colitis it's unclear which pretty sure it's Crohn's disease point being I haven't been in a flare in six years oh and uh I recently lost my health insurance so I'm trying to figure it out yeah I get the my infusions authorized that I get every eight weeks and I'm on week 11 without it for the first time ever and I'm getting very Mm. ill but anyway point being I'm not feeling great but I'm trying my best and that's white knuckling it's all that we can do white knuckling it just like em did my predecessor on your holding on to the oh shit bar as you careen down the canyon you know in a metaphorical sense yes i did that in the literal sense you know neither are good you win this time but we'll we'll talk tomorrow (laughs) um okay so caleb in the secret facebook group Mm -hmm. which by the way guys go join it i posted about it in the public in like the on our page not so much a secret now no, it's more like a closed group, but it's really fun because everyone can just talk about like whatever the hell they want. Um, so apparently I accidentally said last episode that Wales is in England. Well, Wales is in the United Kingdom is what I meant, not in England. And I apologize to everyone who's offended. That's all. Oh, were people offended? Well, they were like, Wales is not in England. And I was like, I know. Oh, OK. I didn't want them to think I was an asshat. <laughs> in that regard. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> so... Caleb, who pointed this fun fact out to me, also asked me to pronounce this word. Uh-huh. It's a town. I've How en- long is it? Enlarged the font so that you can oh see God. it. I was like, no. And then they were like, well, actually, why don't you just not tell Emma about this post because she probably won't see it. Valid. And ask 
I'm going to pronounce it on air. Oh, so that got that turned very fast. But I'll do it too. Okay. Because I didn't. Okay, but you look gotten, it up. Let me do a fresh a fresh look of it. All right, here I'm going to turn <clears> it around. <laughs> oh my god, it's three rows long. It's three rows of letters long. Is there like a dialect or an accent to this? Just, I see a lot of double L's, and I don't know what to do with any of them. It's I just Welsh, That's I guess. Not, I wonder what the nickname to this place is. There is one actually. I, okay. I, but I don't know. It's like half. It's like half of this. I'm gonna do it phonetically because I. There's no way else. Sure. Every time I do an L, by the way, there's two L's. Let's get that straight now. Okay. Lanfair. <laughs> Lanfair I'm not even halfway there. No, keep going. Sounds like I'm speaking in reverse. Sounds like you're having an actual stroke. <laughs> it sounds like you after the whole box. <laughs> Lanfair Pwilgwin Gil Gogory Will Land Silio Gogogotch. Yay! Um, but yes, Caleb. Where Where is Caleb from? Caleb is from uh, Wales. So, and even Caleb said it's difficult to pronounce. So I was like, okay, okay. So I'm gonna try. I have no idea what I'm doing. Okay, I'm gonna make up sounds because you did the phonetic way. So I'm just gonna make up. Oh, sounds. just yeah. Throw a J in there. Throw a. I was gonna start with a J sound. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Jean Fairpulguengloggergewich Bolansalogalok. Actually, that sounded there more like go. a word than anything I did. Oh, no. Echo's talking. Oh, maybe you cracked her. Uh-oh. That was the nuclear code. I broke her. <laughs> okay. Actually, I actually know that there is a like a pronunciation online somewhere, so I'm going to insert it right here to prove how very wrong we were. Okay. Here it is. Let's just assume we were very wrong because we can't hear it right now. But We actually haven't heard the sound at all. Me editing it is laughing at us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and or maybe deleting all of this. Probably. <laughs> um, anyway, so if you guys want to join the secret. What's the, wait, what's the nickname? It's half of that word, so I don't. Oh, so only one and a half rows. Right, yes. Jesus. In like size 12. People in Wales need to not do that. They need to relax. And then they were like, Christine, do you actually know where Wales is? And I was like, yes, it is the home of Dylan Thomas. And they're like, you're avoiding the question. <laughs> I was like, damn it. <laughs> um, anyway, so if you guys want to join the secret Facebook group, we have a lot of fun. Um, my friend Alyssa started a thread uh, about, she's like, hey, I know all about Christine. What do you guys want to know? And I was like, no, no, no. And I didn't see it for a long time. So she brought people up. people ask? Yeah. And she brought up my pilgrim shoes, which are these shoes that I wore. And then my mom got involved and was like, oh, I have some photos. And I'm like, no, no, no. I already don't like Alyssa because all of my friends listen to this and I already know there's going to be like five threads. But oh, yeah. I know, Em, let's get into that's it. That's why I'm like, this is a bad example. Because then my mom's <laughs> like, oh, that's fun. And I'm like, this is no. what This is what like famous people have to talk to their friends about of like, look, you can't tell anyone you know me. Sign this NDA yeah, right now. Exactly. Our friendship is now contractually obligated. Absolutely. <laughs> You can go look it up, guys. I wore pilgrim shoes. I'll admit to it. They had buckles. Okay, next. Uh, oh we redid our Patreon page today, too. We have a $25 level. We're going to start doing Facebook Live events for everyone who is a Patreon supporter. Um, and we're also going to do monthly videos uh, as part of, like, for $10 and up donators. Yes. Um, so that's a really exciting addition. We're going to do, like, mini stories um, on video. Mm-hmm. And if you're a $25 donator, you get to request the stories that we cover instead of us just picking. Right. Um, so if there's something you really want us to cover, 
It's going to be like listeners' episodes where right. we're going to do a handful of stories. If you've got anything really juicy that you want to hear, yeah. we will do sort of an abridged full info version. Yeah, on video. Not full info since it's abridged. That was an that oxymoron. Was an oxymoron. Moron. God. <laughs> um, I'm not well. It's late. Anyway, we also have all our merch is finally up. Um, I ordered all of it yesterday, so it's all coming within the next week. So go order it now before it all runs out. We assume that it's just going to, like, hot off the press. You're supposed to go with me on that Oh, one. right. Yeah, no, they're selling, like, flapjacks, guys. We, we got it. Someone ordered six koozies yesterday. I was like, That's a big deal. hell yeah. And they're coming soon, so I'm going to ship them all out. And honestly, it might be a while till we reorder. So, seriously, go buy them. Just saying. Hmm. Okay. We got wine glasses. We got koozies. We got shirts. I, yeah, I do have to go shopping for our stuff. I'm excited anyway that's all i have to say i'm sorry go ahead with your story i can't wait that sounded really sarcastic <laughs> please indulge me uh, please <clears throat> do your best to entertain me by the way already i'm excited for you to have to edit this later because this is a rip roaring story <laughs> oh okay. there's a lot of info so i don't know how you plan on breaking this down oh okay thanks <laughs> I don't so. either, so. Because I don't It'll know. It'll give you something to do in the hospital tomorrow. Oh, no. <laughs> Actually, I have, I have edited in the hospital before. I know you have. So. There are a lot of times you'll send me Snapchats of you editing, and I'm like, I can see the wristband. I can, I can see you in a gown. You're like, there's an IV. How are you? <laughs> like, are you happy? <laughs> it's a good distraction. Okay. So a lot of people have requested this through Twitter and just about everywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna humor you guys. Gonna, just gonna do it. Once again, this is all about you. Oh, wait, real quick. Somebody on, uh, left us an iTunes review. <laughs> At first I was mad and then I just thought it was funny. They oh, were, the, the one you told me about? Yeah. They, Cause remember how in the last <laughs> episode we were like, God, or in the listener episode, we were like, God, everything's about you guys. And we were fucking obviously joking, but I guess somebody was like offended and they wrote, uh, you're not that great just because you have a really good podcast. So I was like, oh, like, I know that. <laughs> trust me, we know. I'm like, like, our, our egos are below rock bottom if you can find them. Our bank accounts, our egos, everything is telling me, <laughs> don't worry, you don't need to tell me on iTunes. But but thank like, you. Thank you, for, thank you for your honesty. Yeah, sure. Is the way yes. my grandmother would say Thank it. you for being yourself. Also, it, they said it's a great podcast. So I was like, well, okay, that's all I care about. So. Exactly. Sorry if we offended you. It's because you. we're amazing, honestly. So it's like this thing where she actually wrote the sunshine. The sun doesn't shine out of your butthole, and I was like, but it does. I was like, wait, but it does. It does, right? Yeah. Okay, good. Just checking. She had it wrong. I was really confused for a minute. I was like, oh my god, my world is collapsing around me. Anyway, the haunted house I'm going to talk about. So let's go. <laughs> is called uh, the Myrtle's Plantation. Oh, yeah. Why do I? I've heard of it. I don't know what it is really. Okay. Well, it's it's. It's one of the big ones in America. Okay. It's in St. Francisville, Louisiana. Oh. Okay, so up to 12 ghosts have been documented there, and there's a rumored 10 or more murders. Oh, my God. In 1796, the house was built by General David Bradford, uh, who was involved in the Whiskey Rebellion, and George Washington... I don't want to hear anything about you and whiskey. Okay. Were you going to say it sounds real fun and yeah. you would have been involved? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, George Washington personally was on a headhunt for David Bradford for being involved. Uh-oh. So I don't know if that's, like, what you're into, but you would have been involved in that way as well. No? A head headhunted by the president? 
Yeah. Hmm. I mean, you'd feel special. Maybe. So, uh, I also, true to form, did not write good notes. So, if you hear me stutter, it's my own handwriting and my own shorthand where I was like, I'll remember what it means. (laughs) (laughs) So, apparently, David Bradford from now on is going to go by DB. (laughs) That's what I call my ex-boyfriend. Why? Because my stepmom was like, you know what he is? He's a DB. And I was like, a douchebag? And she goes, (gasps) a dumb boy. A dirt bag a dirt she bag goes, don't say that word so now we just call him db <laughs> so um so david bradford since he was being hunted by the president and other people it's not like the president like just like, <laughs> i can just see george washington like searching. riding around on a horse <laughs> just being david david <laughs> hello <laughs> marco <laughs> so because he was a wanted man he fled from pennsylvania where his family was and he went off on his own and he ended up in Near St. Francis, Louisiana. Okay. He ended up, you know, with his pockets of cash at that time. Sure. Bought 600 acres and built an eight-house mansion. As you do. Mm-hmm. And I also don't know how you would get away with that. If the president's looking for you and his, like... <laughs> they will never see this eight-house mansion. They'll never find no. me. He'll never stumble upon it. It's like the perfect disguise. It's like if I act normal, why would they even look? That's true. Mm-hmm. If I'm right in the open... And you just have enough with you on the way to Louisiana as you flee to uh, cover 600 acres. I can't cover a six-piece nugget. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, cover it? What do you mean? Money to cover it. Oh, I thought you meant, like, the building materials. <laughs> <laughs> a mansion made of nuggets. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> That's my kind of life. I'm so sorry. Okay. <laughs> That's where I am. Okay. Let's get... Let's Okay, also, it was not called the Myrtle's Plantation. It was originally called Laurel Grove. Okay. He ended up being pardoned in 1799 by John Adams. Oh, nice. And so then he was able to go back to Pennsylvania and get his family. Go. It's like he... They're making it sound like he's Snowden and went to Russia. Like, <laughs> like he couldn't go back into Pennsylvania. Oh, my God. All right. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> I don't it's get like, it. <laughs> Were the state lines harder to get through? Can you imagine was if, customs a bitch? Can you imagine if Obama's riding around looking for Snowden? Like, <laughs> and he's just in Louisiana. <laughs> you know, like, come back to Pennsylvania. No! Okay. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So uh, once he got his family living there with him, he also was a lawyer at one point, and so he wanted to help other future lawyers, so he would house law students there for free. Okay. So one of the law students that stayed in their house with them, his name was Clark Woodruff. And Clark Woodruff ended up falling in love with his daughter. Oh, no. And no, no, no. Okay. It's not true crime. It's paranormal. Oh, right. <laughs> He's I not going to kill her. <laughs> okay. Um, so Clark and Sarah got married and then they lived in the house next. Okay. Uh, with their three kids named James and then Cornelia, our favorite, and picked her uh, as nominee. <laughs> As Puella Nomine Cornelia. As Puella. <laughs> uh, and then their other daughter named Mary Octavia. Oh, right. <laughs> right out of my own baby book. She's the black sheep, you can tell. <laughs> so um, his wife and two kids all died in the house from yellow fever within oh, two years. Wait, seriously? Yeah, of each other, not oh, of oh, oh. So they all, uh, him and Sarah lived in the house um, after they got married, had three kids, and then two of them died of yellow fever while... The wife also died of yellow fever within two years of that. That's period. so sad. So um, before that happened, though, and she was alive and they were married, and she was apparently pregnant at the time too. <gasps> no, he was sleeping with one of the servants. That bitch. 
I'm talking about him. She was a teenager. (gasps) Yeah. Oh, no. For a second, I thought you said that bitch about her, and I was like, look, she didn't want it. It Oh, hell no. Not her. It was forced upon her. It's not fucking her fault. I know it. So I guess... That um, dickwad. She didn't want to but she was afraid that if she didn't then he would make her work in the fields stop it and that's like the apparently the worst of the activities you can make them do um and so she obliged and let him do that with her um and when he started getting bored of her he she was afraid that he was going to put her out in the fields and like find another girl and so, being afraid of getting removed from the house, she was eavesdropping on one of his conversations, and he caught her, and he cut her ear off. <gasps> what the fuck? And so, for the rest of her life, she wore a green turban to cover up the scar. Poor baby. Her life, however, did not last much longer. Oh, no. Because one of the daughters had a birthday, and it was her job to make cake. She put poison in the cake. <gasps> so, they thought either she was going to kill him with the cake, or... She was going to use a light amount of poison so that everyone got sick and she would heal them so that they would be grateful and not put her in the fields. Oh, fuck. One of the two. Which one do you think it was? I guess there's no way to know. It sounds more crazy girlfriend to do the second one. It does. Like, very manipulative. Mm-hmm. So. Not that it's her fault. After not that it's her fault. Nope. Her ear was cut off. So the slaves, knowing what she had done of possibly poisoning them to kill them or just poison them to hurt them. Right. They were afraid that, like, the slaves knew what she had done. They were afraid that if the family found out that they knew, that they would get in trouble, too. Oh, shit. So they all went against her. (gasps) No. Pulled her out of her bed while she was sleeping one night and then dragged her out to the yard and hanged her (gasps) for the family without them even asking. Em, are you fucking kidding? To show their loyalty to the family. (gasps) What was her name? Do we know? Chloe. Mm. Then they cut her down from the tree, weighted her down with rocks, and then (sighs) threw her in the river on the property. Jesus. So that happened to Chloe. Oh, God. Also, the room where she poisoned the girls was in what is today considered the game room. Okay. Back then, I think of, like, not an arcade. It was, like, billard. Sure. Or it was even I don't just, know what like, it is today. you play, like, um, Parcheesi or some shit. Oh, right. Yeah, the boring stuff. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. What is that called? Um, Parcheesi. No, but the one with the... Chinese checkers? No, um... The one that I always think is backgammon, but that's backgammon, outside. That's backgammon. outside, though, isn't it? No, backgammon is with what's the, the one? What's, what's the one that's not tennis with the thing? Oh, badminton. Badminton. We used to have play badminton all the time at my dad's. Country we, club? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I heard it. I heard it. <laughs> I was like, rewind, rewind. <laughs> I was like, that just sounds like a country it club was, thing to do. Did you go like skiing in the Swiss Alps afterwards? or? I mean, like not right afterwards. <laughs> We had to wait for the jet. Come on. Um, um, it wasn't the right season for skiing. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding, guys. God, everyone's kidding. This girl who, who wrote the iTunes review is like, told ya. <laughs> <sighs> okay, uh. so anyway, that happened with the Woodruff family. Okay. And then, after... So, okay. This is where I have to be a skeptic. So, Chloe is known as one of the most haunted ghosts. Most active ghosts at Myrtle's plantation. Okay. But the story doesn't add up at all because like and trust me i believe chloe's there i'm not saying she's not there we believe you chloe Mm -hmm. i'm just saying that based on findings like anyone that's ever been curious everyone has tried to find a public record of any servant named chloe and also if you don't remember from earlier in my story um 
Woodruff's wife and two of his kids died from yellow fever. Right. So how would they have been poisoned by cake? Well, maybe was it before they died? Or no? I mean... Like, how old were like they? The, okay, so the story goes that Chloe poisoned them and then they died. Oh, that she killed them. So she ended up killing them. I didn't know they died from the I, cake. Yeah, that oh. was my bad. No, so okay, So the theory, it. like, the story goes that Chloe killed them, but how could they be killed when there's public record that all three of them died of yellow fever? So do people, like, realize the contradiction? Because that's a I big... I mean, it, it's a very obvious contradiction. So I don't know what people are thinking. She could have just been a girl on the property. I, I don't really know. I mean, stories also get, like, blown up out of proportion over time especially because there are so many families that have owned this house sure so of course there's gonna be like playing telephone sure exactly exactly but just because i gotta play both sides and do devil's advocate stuff it's good to know i mean it could be anything else oh and also because in the story chloe killed the mom and the two daughters oh and after and in the story that's on record is that the wife a daughter and a son all died of yellow fever and woodruff and his only daughter mary octavia both lived until at least 1834 which was a long time after. okay okay so like if she was walking around for several decades after how would she have died from a poison i got cake? you i got okay. you so but anyway i know facts are facts but also chloe did it but I, also you know what? it happened someone hurt chloe that's all yeah yes Yes. If she's there, she probably is a good reason. So Woodruff and his only daughter, Mary Octavia. The black sheep. <clears throat> the black sheep. The one and only. Ended up selling the house to a guy named Ruffin Gray Sterling, who sounds like he belongs on my dad wrote a porno. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, oh, boy. Him and his wife remodeled the home. So from it going from an eight-bedroom mansion, they doubled its size, and they renamed it from Laurel Grove to the Myrtles. Okay. Um, apparently, his name is RGS. Rough and Gray Sterling. <laughs> I will only accept you saying his full name from now on. <laughs> Rough and Gray Sterling had nine kids. Five died on the property. Oh, God. And then another one also died on the property later Okay. in his adult life. Wait, so five of the... Ch- they were children when they died. Nine, nine children, four of them raised to adulthood, and then one of those also died. Okay, okay, okay. And here are some of the examples of how they remodeled this house. They built an entire southern section, which Lord knows what I'm that sorry. Means. I'm sorry. I don't <laughs> want to go there. <laughs> it sounds southern enough to say you have a southern section. And then uh, the original walls, which I spelled as the OG walls. Oh, sure. Let's <laughs> <laughs> add some flair. The original walls were removed to be switched around. What? Like they just like flipped them? Just flipped the walls. This isn't The Sims. I don't understand. <laughs> to then build... Both gentlemen and female parlors. Oh, for God's sakes. And then also the game room, which is where the cake incident may or may not have happened. And the badminton and all that. Right. Yep. And then uh, Ruffin Gray Sterling. He then died 20 years later of my favorite consumption. Oh, no. Uh, His son also ended up dying that same year by being stabbed over a gambling debt. I'm sorry, what? That's awful. So the place got left to his wife, Mary, who people in town respected as much as a man. Which is something that has... claps for that. (laughs) Thank you, Mary. Thank you, Mary, for your contribution to society. Listen, I do not want to know what these people's southern quarters were like, if if that's their Well, they had a gentleman's parlor, because God forbid you were in the lady parlor. Oh, sure, no. And um, you know what? Here's an actual quote of what they thought of Mary. Good. Because she was held in the highest of regards. They said, we respect Mary to the highest esteem. She has the business acumen of a man. (laughs) 
All you need. All uh, you need. If only. Uh, wish I had that. I dream of the day. I, I Sometimes men need more business acumen of men. You know what I mean? Right. So, like, if a man doesn't even have the business acumen of a man, like, like what how if can you're, I ever get there? What if, you're, what if you're a man and your boss is a woman? Oh, God. Do you want her business acumen? God forbid. And that doesn't happen. No. Come on. Let's be realistic here. I know this is, like, a supernatural, It's but a story, right? That's right, right, a little right. far-fetched. So, uh, Mary who was just might as well be CEO of the country at this point. Yes. Um, she decided that she was going to leave the biz, the, the business, the house, <laughs> basically a business. It sounds like it. Uh, she's going to leave the house to her daughter and her son-in-law named William Winter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So William Winter is the only verifiable on record death that happened in this house. So even though there are up to 12 deaths in this house. Oh, my God. Only one of them has actually been proven. And even that story is skewed. Okay. In 1871, William Winter, who was living there, uh, he was being a good man. And he was teaching Sunday school in the gentleman parlor. Oh, sure. As you do. As you do. And uh, (laughs) he heard someone come out by his house and say uh, they had business to conduct with him. Uh Uh-oh, that's never good. Yeah, I got business with you. I got a bone to pick. So then he steps outside. Let's take it outside. And this was cowardly because Uh the guy, so William Winter comes outside to see who's talking to him because he didn't have windows apparently in this gentleman's parlor. Well, they flipped the walls. Maybe that (laughs) (laughs) and uh, And he just got shot immediately. What? Yeah, he just got shot and he just... So the story is he got shot and then he, like, stumbled up the stairs. Oh, no, back into Sunday school? <laughs> oh, sorry. Back to be with God. I thought, like, back to the children, like, oh. I'm here. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I thought, that I'm sounds sorry. Like, that sounds like a Judd Apatow movie. It of, does. Like, children screaming at a bloody man. I've read too much murder today. Please I think, continue. I think this was an adult Sunday school. Oh, what? I don't that? know if he, I don't... It sounded... Oh, listen, it could just be normal church. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, but so anyway, he like stumbled. There was like stairs that led to the house. Okay. So the story is that he stumbled up the stairs and fell into his wife's arms and died in her arms. But the story that is on record and was in all the newspaper clippings at the time is that he fell flat on his ass and just died. I mean, that blank is definitely what happened. So what a lot of people say, oh, no, he died on the stairs. And that's not actually probably what happened. That seems a little notebookish. If I got shot, I would be on my ass for sure. There's no let me use my legs now. Oh hell it's no! Like, I'm here. You come to me. I'm, it's like I don't like climbing stairs when I'm not shot, so <laughs> I'm not gonna do it now. <laughs> okay, so the house was then sold to Harrison Williams and his wife Fanny. <laughs> People named Fanny. I just can't. If if you know anyone named Fanny, please tell me because I can't believe that that's even a name. Right? What's it short for? But oh. <laughs> short for a shorter word of the thing i'm not even asking about what does it mean (laughs) i don't know i don't know what is fanny short for but (laughs) i don't know what she so harrison williams and his wife but (laughs) they had seven I'm so sorry. <laughs> I hope we meet someone named Fanny one day. 
I don't. I, really, I take back what I said about if you know anyone named Fanny, because I can't deal with it. It's too Everyone's going to start tagging their friends. No, 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 no. So Harrison Williams and his wife had seven kids over time. And their oldest one, Harry, while they lived on the property, was trying to gather cattle during the storm. Oh, sure. And he somehow felt... I don't know why you're by the river when you're... I don't know what he was doing. Because there were... This is one sentence that came out of four different stories, so I'm probably just telling you a whole new story. I'm so excited for it. No, it's actually not. It's very anticlimactic. But so he was gathering cattle. There happened to be a storm. There happened to be a river. He happened to fall in it, and he drowned on the property. Oh, that's not anticlimactic. That's horrible. Oh, okay. I've read too much of this. So then they ended up not being able to be on the property because they felt so bad that their son died on the property yeah so they're like as his parents we just have to give it away but we want to keep in the family so they gave it to one of their other sons named surrogate <laughs> what's surrogate short for <laughs> but <laughs> that's like so not funny i don't know why i find it so funny um like surrogate like s-u-r-g-e-t i bet he lives in that weird fucking place from wales <laughs> so surrogate um was Stayed at the house, quote, with his wife and spinster sister. Jesus Christ, who wrote this? <laughs> who, in all the newspaper clippings, doesn't have a name, is only known as the spinster sister. How fucking sad is that? <laughs> it feels a lot like where we probably were about I six was, months ago. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, I guess if in another generation. Then they uh, sold the house in the 1950s to wealthy chicken farmers. Mm. And Naturally. And then the story ends there because it, of course, is a bed and breakfast now. Uh, always they always are always always so with all that information let me tell you about the ghosts please do i am so ready as am i i told you way too many things about way too many people no there that i did not sign on for quite a few interesting characters involved so far so here's what happened some of the things that people have seen in this house as visitors to this bed and breakfast slash on ghost tours have been Mm mm-hmm Handprints on the mirrors. Oh, that's fucking creepy already. <laughs> but God. like, like they will clean the mirrors and then come back and there will be like handprints all over it of people who are Ugh. not in the room with them. Didn't that happen at Stanley Hotel with like the breath on yeah. the mirror? Yeah, yeah, Ooh, yeah. Creepy. Footsteps on the stairs, especially the stairs that apparently William Winter was shot on, even though he actually by record was not. Uh, sure. But footsteps on stairs in general. That's always, I feel like that's a common one though in haunting, haunted mm-hmm. places. Weird smells. I'd say is also common. Yeah. Vanishing objects, which you and I have both experienced. Oh, man. And people have messaged us like, oh, I get it. Oh, I never even said it on the show, but I had a vanishing object a couple weeks with you. What was it again? Remember I was supposed to meet you and Renee? Oh, my God. That straight up happened. I forgot. That straight up happened. Okay, you have to say it now. I was supposed to meet. Okay, I have this thing where I'm always fucking late. And yeah, we know. Well, Christine really knows. At this point, I she know. like just tells me the wrong time on purpose, so I'll actually get there on time. I literally do that. Yep. <laughs> and I was supposed to meet them for dinner, and of course I was late, and I was about, I swear to God, it was going to be on time. I was like... I get a text that says, on my way. I really was, and I was walking out the door, and I was like, oh, I don't have my keys, so I went back in to grab my keys, and I could not find them anywhere, and I had intentionally gotten ready ahead of time, sat on the couch, and waited for the right time to leave so that I, I could get in this car i had everything ready and this was right after we talked about by the way if if you're new listeners about like how things in our lives have kind of vanished and then reappeared yeah 
And then um, the whole time I'm cleaning, I'm like, okay, this is really funny, guys. Like, I'm like <laughs> shouting at the earth. I'm like, please bring it back. And I'm at the ramen place like, god damn it. <laughs> and so anyway, I was, of course, late as usual, incredibly late as usual, and hung out with Christine. And I ended up coming home in my Uber, which was the creepiest Uber ride of my life, by the way. The guy was super weird. Oh, God. And uh, I got back to my room and I tore my room apart. I went through all my laundry. I went through like jackets that were my hangers. I went like I looked under the bed, through my mattresses, everything. And I get back to my room and RJ came home just to unlock the door and then he left. Yeah. So he didn't go in the house. No one else was home. I went home, went to my room, and they were literally sitting perfectly on my pillow no. on my bed. No, 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 no. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? I went through this room like 10 hundred times trying that, to fuck. And it's always right in the center. Like they do it. It's like just so you'll know. Oof, it's like, for fuck's it's sake. like we had them all along. That's what happened to my fucking retainer in the middle of a pillow. Mm-hmm. It just sat right on your pillow. And that's why I with my keys. And that's really creepy, especially because you were the only one home and mm-hmm. no I, I had the same thought you did about your retainer where i was like someone someone's broke, here someone yeah. broke in and someone's fucking with me yeah someone was like watching yeah, yeah. that's what i thought yep. too so anyway vanishing objects sure also random gunfire the sound not actually like oh i was like people just like, get shot um no you'll just hear random gunfire um on the property that's scary there will be random screams and empty rooms and also in the yard where chloe supposedly was hanged oh. Um, you will also see three girls, a woman and two girls, um, in the reflection of the mirror and they're either staring at you or all huddled crying together. Okay. That's really upsetting. The staring, I think is creepier. <laughs> little girls will also float in the game room. You'll Wait. just see, you'll just see a little girl. People have seen a little girl just floating there. Oh, so like, it's not like you bring your daughter and she floats. <laughs> what, oh. a, what a trip. Let's go. I was like, cool. I'll bring my sister. I I'll thought bring you myself. Meant, I thought you meant like little girls just float. <laughs> like just toss them in there. They'll set off. It's a game room. It's fine. <laughs> um, and also little uh, there's a little girl that will like cover her eyes like she's peering out a window that isn't there anymore, probably because the walls got moved around. Oh yeah. And then um, kids running around on the veranda. Oh, sure, yes. Um, kids running through the halls in empty rooms. You can hear them laughing and chasing each other. And then one visitor decided to follow a kid that she saw running upstairs. Mm-hmm. And when she got up there, she heard a giggle again. And then when she went to go look in her room, she heard a voice behind her say, "We're hiding." Nope. why why follow up nope so another cool story is that uh three union soldiers supposedly broke in and looted the place and when they got in there they were killed in the parlor room i don't know if it was the gentleman or the lady one but one of them holy shit their (laughs) their blood stains apparently still appear on the floor to some people and they can't be cleaned off so one maid started work i guess it's you know in the movie it like like the kids will see blood but the parents can't see it i definitely you do you really think i've seen right that you movie? haven't sorry no. but like so people will see like they'll swear by that they're standing in puddles of blood oh, and that's people so will gross. be like what are you talking about oh that's so gross and one maid started working there and she kept scrubbing and scrubbing oh. to get the blood off and nobody else could see it and they're like why are you scrubbing the same spot oh gross also uh fanny her my favorite her brother lived on the property and was killed during a robbery so he's one of the other murders that's so sad why is everyone like robbing this place but you can still hear uh you can still hear him every now and then you'll hear whispers of someone saying no stop or please don't oh for god's sakes really fucked up that's so depressing then let's talk about chloe let's talk about it so chloe um 
since her death, she's been spotted a whole bunch of places in a whole bunch of ways. But her most famous run in is she has been seen in photographs. And there's a famous photograph where she is between two parts in the mansion, one being the general store and the other the butler's pantry. Ooh. Can you imagine being a, pu- a butler in a mansion getting your own pantry? I mean, I think cool. it just means that's where they, like, get the stuff to, like, serve you. Like a normal pantry? I feel like a like that's like a, a whole butchery. Okay, it's not a butcher pantry. It's a butler's pantry. <laughs> right, that one's on the other side of the hall. There's no such thing as a butcher pantry. You just read it wrong. You're right. It does say butler's pantry. Yeah. So, <laughs> okay. it's not just, like, full of, like... What happens next, Christine? Meat. <laughs> so, what happens? What happens? Tell me. What's it look like? It's just, like, a big pantry. It's, like, a normal pantry, and it's where they go to, like get the serving trays and shit to like feed the family okay uh so there's a picture of chloe hanging out between that and the general store okay they had a god why did these places all have general stores look i didn't question the butcher pantry because (laughs) because you were wrong because i heard general store i was like oh yeah sure butcher pantry makes sense too (laughs) why not um so the picture was so clear of this little girl but you could still see through her. You could see the architecture of the house behind Ew. this person while also seeing her f- figure perfectly. Do you know where the, like, who took the photo? Mm. No. Okay. Is it online? Yes, it's online. Okay, we'll post the photo. Um, well, also, it's because, so this is such a popular picture that they actually made it their default postcard. Oh, shit. Are you serious? And uh, they had, like, they sent it out to the Society of Cyclical Research in England. What's that? It's, like, the most prestigious... Paranormal? Um, paranormal research facility. Oh, shit. They take on, like, the serious cases and, like... What's it tra- called? The uh, Society of Cyclical Research. Holy shit. I would love to go one day. I want to go there. <laughs> I swear to God, if I ever go to England, that's my first stop. Let's go to Wales and we'll visit oh, right. when we're there. Right, exactly. <laughs> Let's go to Lacka <laughs> It'll be there. It's short for butt. It's fine. <laughs> God help us. Okay, go on. So, um, basically, they looked at the picture and they wanted to see, like, oh, did someone, like, mess with this Tamper. picture? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, they looked at megapixel ca- capability, file size, um, compression system, shutter speeds, aperture settings, ISO speed settings, focal length of the lens, and none of it had been tampered with. Oh, my God. And then they also brought in, because every person that works there also has a specific skill, so they were able to, I guess there's a type of person that they can see someone, it's like almost like forensic photography where they can like measure out the dimensions of a head and a body and everything. Oh, wow. And it was the exact dimensions of a girl of the age that they say Chloe was. <gasps> and like, they, like, it's not like it's a mist and they're like, well, that could be a head. It's like they sure. measured out the proportionally proportion. it would be, that's a human. Oh, 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 wait, here it is. Um, so one of the things they did was after enlarging the fo- the postcard picture and doing a shadow density procedure, they discovered that all the physical measurements of the apparition were of human dimensions and proportions, including the circumference of the head, the length of the shoulders to the elbow, and to the length of the elbow to the wrist. They were all indicative of human. Holy shit. Mm -hmm. One of the other ways that she has haunted, besides showing up in pictures, is she is still known to be seen with her green turban. She will uh, stare at you while you're sleeping. Oh, God. Um, She'll even be holding a candle, and you can see the glow hitting her, so you know that, like, she's a real person, but you can still see the room behind her. Ugh, I just got chills. So it's like, is she solid, or is she translucent? Oh, God. Um, She'll wander the grounds, and usually she's followed by the cries of several children. 
Em, what the fuck? So, um, another one which is unexplained to me, except for the fact that wouldn't you know it, this place was built on an ancient Indian burial ground. Like, surprise! All of America. <laughs> um, okay, so one of the ghosts that has also been seen is a well-endowed naked Indian girl. Oh, I thought it was going to be Indian a Indian is a fucked up thing to say, too. Let's go with Native American. I think it's American Indian. She must be very well endowed for that to be the thing that we to know about like her. To be, like, the descriptor. It's like, oh, the spinster sister and the well endowed. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, the people who live there now will tell you that within the first month of living there, you have so many experiences that even if the stories don't add up about like how historically it happened there's absolutely things there holy crap um there's also a grand piano on the floor on the floor that will uh play by itself but it will only repeat the same chord over and over again <laughs> oh, no that's is... a nightmare <laughs> it's like an annoying roommate learning how to play an oh instrument oh my god um sometimes it continues throughout the night and when someone comes into the room to figure out where the sound's coming from the music will stop only to start again when you're about to leave it's like, like a just little kid being like get out of here um, and then the last thing I will say is um, apparently people will feel like their legs are getting tugged on and uh, by a ghost who actually had his leg amputated in the room that people feel their leg getting tugged well, on. Well, shut the fuck up. Yeah. What the fuck? Um, one of the things that Chloe has been known to do, I don't know why they know it's Chloe, but they say that she will tuck you in at night. Oh. And so a lot of people will intentionally sleep with their blankets by their feet and then they'll wake up and it'll be like snug under their... <gasps> like from over their shoulders under their chin like they're tucked in, in yeah like totally tucked in like you oh. couldn't just get in that way so people stay there if i were ever in louisiana i would want to go yeah that's true so i don't know if i'd sleep there for like a month or whatever the fuck well that was the owner of the bed and breakfast oh, who lives oh, there. oh i was like why are people staying there for so long no no no. all right tell me all about murder fine a flock of crows <laughs> No, I don't like crows, and I don't like talking about them. <laughs> but I love murder, and I will talk about it. Don't love it, but I'll talk about it. Let's get settled in, guys. Okay, so I was going to do Sylvia Likens again, and then I just... I got, you keep backing out. I was really sick today, and I was like, I can't do this today. Oh, that's fair. Okay. It yeah. was too much. So I, I, I saved all my notes and bookmarks for a future date. So it's coming up, guys. We'll get there eventually. But I also got a request from um, Jess on Twitter, at uh, skater underscore girl 11. Ooh. Is that your friend? Yeah, I went to high school with her. I was going to say, I, I like... went to first grade through high school with her. Oh, okay. I thought I thought maybe you knew her. Okay. I, I know her. Hi, Jess. Hi, Jess. So Jess uh, suggested we do an episode on celebrity stalkers. Um, and so I looked into it, and it I went into quite a black hole. I was, that's part, I think part of the reason for my mood today is, like, stalker stuff really hits home. I also want to add real quick, I was going to do a kind of, like, mini thing at the beginning where I was going to, like, spit out some fun facts about celebrity stalkers because there have been some crazy ones like uh one showed up in selena gomez's guest house uh, what at halle berry's kitchen door no someone showed up in sandra bullock's house like crazy shit has happened and i was gonna go through all of them but there are and like i think gwyneth or nicole kidman i think gwyneth paltrow had like crazy ones oh my God. and i wanted to do them but there's so much and so i think instead i'm gonna make like make it part of a bone like a patreon episode or oh something. that'd be cool that'd be cool because it's it's not enough to do like a whole topic but it's i want to talk yeah, about yeah, yeah. them 
So instead of doing like multiple celebrities, I'm just going to focus on the one that turned the tides on um, stalking laws and things like Ooh, that. Okay. It's, it's a really big cool. one. So this is about the murder of Rebecca Schaefer. So this uh, took place about 28 years ago. Hmm. Rebecca Schaefer was a 21-year-old actress from Eugene, Oregon, whose career was on the rise. She began modeling in high school, and her parents let her move to New York to pursue her career. She ran, uh, landed a role on One Life to Live, so it oh. was like a big starting point. But um, she wanted to model, but she was only five foot seven, and even though she was beautiful, she wasn't tall enough to get really good modeling gigs Mm. so she decided to focus on acting um she got some small roles like in a woody allen film um and then when she landed the cover of 17 magazine is when she kind of took off and some la producers uh you know they she caught their eye uh and they were casting for a sitcom called my sister sam Hmm. do you know that show no i guess it was like really big for a minute and then it got canceled but it was like very popular for a year hmm I don't know. So she moved to L.A. Um, she was really young, probably like 1920. The show gets canceled, but she was still kind of like a brand new on the scene actress. Um, beautiful, young, like she had, you know, a full career starting for her. Um, and around this time, she started getting fan mail from a man named Robert John Bardo. Okay. So now I'm going to tell you about uh, Robert John Bardo. Okay. Okay. If we ever get an email from him, we're ignoring that shit. But um, I really try to no, respond no. to every email we get. Not that one. <laughs> not, <laughs> not that one. Just not that one. That's just my ticket to Canada is what that is. <laughs> <laughs> People are going to start, like, naming their Gmails like Robert. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Don't do it. Actually, that's not funny. Don't do that. Okay. So, anyway. Robert John Bardo. He was the youngest of seven children. Um, He lived kind of like a... Let's just say... Not surprisingly, he had a rough childhood. Uh, They moved a ton of times, but he ended up in Tucson, Arizona. He was actually abused by one of his siblings, and when he threatened to commit suicide, he was placed in foster care Mm. and diagnosed with manic depression. He dropped out of high school in ninth grade and started a job as a janitor at Jack in the Box. Uh, One of his teachers uh, later called him a ticking time bomb. Oh, shit. So, not good start. Um, in his teenage years, he became obsessed with famous people. So okay. he started this sort of infatuation with, like, celebrities. In the mid-'80s, uh, he was in his late teens, I think. Um, he started stalking – I don't know. You probably don't know this person. I didn't know her, at least. Um, her name is Samantha Smith. She was a child peace activist. No. Okay. So this – okay. Let me tell you. I had no idea this was a thing. But – Someone out there thinks we're idiots, but no, I don't know who that a is. A lot of people do. I okay. mean, that's no surprise. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So apparently during the Cold War era, there was this girl named Samantha Smith who was like a child actor and she was also a peace activist. And I guess she wrote a letter to the general secretary of the Soviet Union, Yuri Andropov, and received a personal invitation to go to the Soviet Union – So she did. Um, And then she wrote a book about it and became a goodwill ambassador. And so she was America's youngest ambassador, basically. She was like an activist for peace. So this guy, Bardo, became infatuated with her. Keep in mind, by the way, she's 11 years old. (gasps) Okay. Oh, no. Yeah. So he's infatuated with her. He's probably like 17, 18 at this point. He's 17, 18? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Um, To the point that he traveled to her hometown in Maine to find her. Um, because he wanted to be close to her, quote unquote. 
apparently he actually got within several blocks of her home. Um, but he asked for directions and was picked up by police. Cause they were like, why are you like traipsing around right. this girl's neighborhood? Cause she was really famous at this point. Well, so at least the cops looked out for her. Yeah, for sure. Um, so unfortunately this is sad. Samantha Smith and her father were killed in a plane crash two years later when she was 13. Oh shit. I know. Oh my God. So instead he read He redirected his attention to Rebecca Schaefer. Oh my God. I know. So he was infatuated with her. She died in a plane crash. All of a sudden, he was obsessed with uh, actress Rebecca Schaefer. Lord of mercy. So, he began writing letters to her regularly, um, and one of which she actually an- was answered by an employee of her fan service. So, like, I'm thinking you and I should probably work on getting one of those. Right. I actually used to do the fan service for... <laughs> I was the fan service. I forgot. You can be our fan service. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I have experience. Yeah. I don't know... I mean, just, like, fun fact for you, if you ever do send someone fan mail, they don't fucking read it. Oh, hell no. People like me read it. I'm just thinking, like, but so it's sort of inception if someone writes to you. Mm-hmm. Because you're the fan mail person. Oh. So who's your fan mail person? So actually, it would end up being, like, exactly what people would want. It'd be the direct. Exactly. It'd be direct. I have to be my own intern. First point of contact. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. In 1987, uh, he traveled from Arizona to Los Angeles to meet her. Because, like, you know, why not? Because he assumed that a pre-signed picture means let's rendezvous. Sure. Time to be in love. Right. So he shows up um, on the set of My Sister Sam at the Warner Brothers lot. Oh, no. And security turns him away. Obviously. Right. Um, He becomes extremely angry. uh, And then he's like, you know what? No. I'm going to return a month later with a knife. Oh, shit. And security's like, dude, no, you cannot come in. Um, So he's like, you know what? Fuck you guys. So he backs off of Schaefer and starts a newfound obsession with pop stars Debbie Gibson and Tiffany. What? Because, you know. So they were his rebounds. Yes, exactly. Gross. In 1989, though, Bardo sees the movie, which I didn't know existed, Scenes from the Class Struggle in Beverly Hills. What? That's the name of the movie. All right. It's kind of like a dark comedy, I guess. Sounds like it. So in the movie, Rebecca Schaefer is lying in bed with a man. And oh, no. Bardo is not happy about it. Oh, my gosh. So he says that she had lost her innocence and had become, quote, another Hollywood whore. Does she even know how a movie works? <laughs> Well, clearly not. I I mean, obviously he does not. (laughs) Obviously not. So he is like, okay, my attention's back on her. Mm -hmm. So he goes, okay. So he goes and hires a private investigator to get her home address. (gasps) After he learned that Arthur Richard Jackson, uh, the man who stalked and stabbed actress Teresa Saldana in 1982. Oh, no had also hired a PI to get her address. So he's like, oh, good. That's a great idea. So he hires a PI to get uh, her address, and the PI, he paid him uh, $250. Oh, okay. So the PI literally just got her address from the DMV and gave it to him. And then he... Are you serious? Yeah. And then he went to L.A. with her home address this time, not like he didn't have to go to the Warner Brothers lot. Because he paid $250, and somebody was like, okay, here's her address. Um, so anyway, let's get back to Rebecca. Meanwhile, I feel like I'm like, I'll wait. 
pitching. <laughs> I'll wait. I feel like I'm pitching some like lame screenplay where I'm like, okay, but hold on. On <laughs> meanwhile, but wait, but wait, it gets it gets weird. <laughs> but wait, but wait, this is where it, it gets good. Gets, it gets real good. I promise. Just hang in there. Just please, just focus. Okay. <laughs> Meanwhile, Rebecca Schaefer is prepping for an audition she had that day for The Godfather Part 3. Of course. So this was her, like, next big break. Like, mm-hmm. this is supposed to be a huge role for her, obviously. Um, and she is prepping for the audition, and she hears a buzz on the apartment complex door. And she had been waiting for someone to come drop off a script. So she's like, okay. So she runs downstairs to open the door. And instead of the person dropping off the script, it's 19-year-old Robert John Bardo standing there. Oh, my God. And he introduces himself as a big fan. And he says, you know what? One time you sent me a signed photograph, and she's very polite. To quote my favorite murder, fuck politeness. She's very polite, and she says, oh, okay, yeah, it's nice to meet you, blah, blah, blah. And then she says, you know what? She signed something for him and said, okay, like, I'm busy. You got to go. So he left. Um, and he leaves and he goes to a local coffee shop to have breakfast. Um, and an hour later he decides to come back because apparently I'll quote this later because it's just like out of his mind crazy, but I guess he said he forgot he had a compact disc that he wanted to give her or something, some bullshit like that. So he returns to her apartment. You could just say CD, grandpa. A compact disc. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Fun fact, guys, that's what CD stands for. <laughs> he had a floppy disc that he found on the side. Oh, an FD. An FD, <laughs> an right, FD. right. <laughs> a um, save icon. <laughs> oh, so he, okay, so he says, <clears throat> an hour later, he returns to her apartment and buzzes again. She's still there. She comes down, um, sees him, says, like, listen, I'm busy, and asks him to leave. Uh, but this time, he reaches into a paper bag pulls a gun out, oh. points it directly at her, and shoots her one time in the chest. Holy shit. And she just falls over, and he flees the scene. Oh, my God. A neighbor calls the paramedics, um, and when they arrive, she's still breathing. But, what? Yeah. But uh, they transported her to Cedar sinai and 30 minutes after she arrived, she was pronounced dead. Um, no! That's so, mo- so wrong. The fact that, like, he came back... Like, he went once, and she was very nice to him, and then he left, and then he came back. It's just... Like, she was so kind to you, and she did not have to be. It, like, hurt. Anyway, he had a copy of... (laughs) Okay, I'm going to make you guess. Guess what novel he had a copy of when he shot her? Do I get a hint? Mm, Yeah. It's a coming-of-age novel. Was it fucking Catcher in the Rye? Yes. Ah! Of course! There's no one I hate more than Holden Caulfield in this fucking world. I knew you'd get it. So, (laughs) he had a copy of The Catcher in the Rye with him, which he tossed onto the roof of a building as he ran away. And he said... Good throw! Yeah, I know. I'm like, a roof of a building. It's like, oh, let me just throw it up to that plane (laughs) in the sky. Oh, hold on. I have a book with me. Right, yeah. What the fuck? Let me Uh, guess. He thinks Holden is so brooding and deep. Well... Dick. He said it was coincidental and that he was not emulating Mark David Chapman, who had also carried a copy of the book with him when he shot John Lennon in 1980. Cry me a river. And this guy had a sort of like infatuation with people who, well, A, celebrities, but B, people who stalked and killed celebrities. Like he, he, he admired celebrity stalkers. Yes. 
Christine. So this guy, anyway, so he's like, oh, it was just a coincidence that I had this book on me when I shot her to death, even though, like... Yeah, it's like, mm, no, it's mm, not. No, even though one of your heroes was Mark David Chapman, who killed John Lennon <sighs> with a copy of Ketra and the Rye. Gross. Anyway. Um, okay, so I watched this documentary episode. It wasn't, like, a full documentary, but it was, like, a true crime episode on uh, the true crime net... Oh, no, I'm sorry. What's it called? The Crime Network on YouTube. <laughs> Okay. Um, and I found some new information. Uh, so the way, so paramedics arrived, she passed away at the hospital and then they were like, they asked her family and friends, like, does she have any enemies? And everybody was basically like, no, she's 21. Everyone loves her. She's sweet. She's hardworking. Like she has no enemies. And so their theory was it's a deranged fan. And so they had sort of an idea that it might be him. And then the next day they got a call that this guy was running through traffic in Los Angeles and they caught him and it was this guy, Bardo. Um, and he said, you better arrest me now. I shot somebody. Oh, okay. so yeah, clearly it was him. It was never a question of like who killed her. It was like, let's just bring him in and figure out why. Oh my basically. God. Uh, and the prosecutor in the trial was Marsha Clark who became famous later for being the prosecutor in the O.J. Simpson trial. Oh, wow. She's yeah. got the business acumen of a man. I know. I suddenly respect her so much more now that you equate her to a man. Uh-huh. You know? Right, yeah. How that works? Good for you, Marsha. Marsha, let's call you Mark. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Might as well. Might as well. Um, okay. Da, 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 da. Okay. So this is where I want to add um, that they actually had a tape recorded of his account of what happened. So like, oh, really? It's so fucked up. So this is kind of his viewpoint. Uh, he said he had been carrying a loaded three fifty seven Magnum pistol in a shopping bag uh, because he wanted to complete his mission. Oh, my God. He said Schaefer answered the door, and uh, he brought up the postcard she had sent him, the signed one. Mm-hmm. And she smiled at him and said, please take care, and shook his hand as he left the first time. Uh, as he walked away... Bardo said he remembered he had a letter and a compact disc. That's where it came from. Oh, okay. I oh. thought you were just doing your German thing again. No, it wasn't me. It's from this. It's from. I this. have arrived with my compact disc. <laughs> Haphazardly. <laughs> oh, help. Okay. Haphazardly. <laughs> uh, so anyway, he decided he had to return to Schaefer's apartment. Is his like? That's how he rationalized it. He said, quote, she was in her bathrobe and I was thinking, this is the wrong time. She's taking a shower. She said, you came to my door again. It was like I was bothering her again. Hurry up. I don't have much time. I thought that was a very callous thing to say to a fan. So he's angry, right? That he shows up a second time and she's like, she's offended. He's offended that she's offended. Totally. Uh, So then uh, he showed investigators how he pulled the gun out of the bag and aimed it at her and fired he even mimicked the sound of the bullet oh god as he uh showed them how he shot her it's like he's proud of it he just like is he proud or is he just neutral he's just like oh and i did this i think it's more of like a here this is what happened um you'll see in a minute i'll see you'll hear in a minute (gasps) oh okay and then he said, she was just screaming and imitated oh, her cries. She, fuck. He said, she was going, why, why? I was still fumbling around, thinking maybe I should blow my head off and fall on her. Oh, my God. So her last words were apparently, why, why? Um, and then during 
this is also weird. During the trial, Bardo claimed, and this is something I'd heard before because I read a book that, uh, The Gift of Fear, which I'm going to mention in a minute, but it talked about this case. And Bardo claimed that the U2 song Exit was an influence in the murder. And so during the the trial, they played the song. What? And oh, so like for I don't, him to make his point? I'm not totally sure, but I guess he started like bobbing his head and mouthing the words and it was oh that's so eerie yeah apparently i like read a thing about how he started like getting into the music yeah swaying to the music and singing the words getting into a mood like a headspace yeah so that was just another creepy detail um anyway so another thing that he said that was kind of startling was that when he saw he said when he saw on tv that she was dead he said I almost had a heart attack when I learned that she had died. Or that Are she, you fucking kidding me? That she had been shot. And this was what? after he had already said, like... So, like, he, like... It was one of those things where he, like, disassociated totally. It's just, like, mental illness. He was like, I almost had a heart attack when I saw that she was dead. And it was like... And then did he have another one when he realized he did it? <laughs> I, you know what? I guess he was wandering through... Wandering down the... Listening to you two. I tend listening to you too, so maybe. Jesus. Um, oh my gosh. So Bardo's attorneys said, yes, he had murdered her, but that he was mentally ill. And a psychiatrist named Park Dietz testified for the defense and said that Bardo had, Bardo had schizophrenia, and it was his illness that had led him to commit the murder. Um, Bardo was found guilty of first-degree murder, and he was sentenced to life imprisonment without the possibility of parole. So there was this whole movement on the defense to be like, well, he's just sick. Like, it's not his, you know, he's mentally ill, blah, blah, blah. But um, a jury still found, I think the U2 thing was part of that. A Mm -hmm. jury still said, no, he's guilty of first-degree murder. So he was sentenced to life in prison. Um, And he was sent to, I didn't write this down, but he was sent to a um, facility that was aimed toward, like, mentally ill inmates so mm-hmm. it was like uh people who had serious issues basically right um and it wasn't like a psychiatric word but it was and at one point he was stabbed 11 times oh uh on the way to breakfast in the morning oh and um he was airlifted to the hospital and then w- ended up being fine and was oh. sent back <laughs> so, sent back to the same spot yeah oh my god that's real hell Whew. so he is still there currently i'm um, serving time um, oh, how much time? Life. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. But following her murder, following Rebecca's murder, um, there is, I hate to say a silver lining, but there is, you know, good that came out of it, thankfully. Um, so at the time that Rebecca was murdered, there were no laws, no stalker laws on the books. It was 1989, and nowhere in the United States was there one law about stalking mm-hmm. um in the books and within five years of her murder every single state had laws enacted oh for well that's good stalker regulations yeah um and the california laws regarding the release of personal information through the dmv were drastically altered for uh, yeah obvious fucking reasons so they uh, enacted this thing called the Drivers Privacy Protection Act in 1994, and that prevented the DMV from releasing private addresses, which, like... What, like why, what? why did we have to tell you that? Right. Uh, I can't imagine calling the D- DMV and being like, where does M. Schultz live? Yeah, right. I want to go to her house. Like, what the fuck? 
You've also never been to my house. I haven't been to your house. <laughs> Maybe I should call the DMV. <laughs> uh, okay. So anyway, so within five years, every single state had at least some sort of law against stalking. Mm-hmm. So that's where that story ends, right? So as much as every, you know, it was good, every state enacted these laws, um, obviously they're still not necessarily as effective as they maybe should be. Um, Restraining orders are not as effective as people think they are. No, they are not. Nope. No, they are not. often they anger the people that uh, they're... Yeah, it's just like a tease mm -hmm. at that point. It's just... Uh, sometimes infuriates people. And if you have not read The Gift of Fear uh, by Gavin DeBecker, have you read it? No. It's so good. It's a really, really interesting book about how your intuition and your, like, especially as if you're a woman, you're kind of trained to be polite and mm-hmm. suppress feelings of, like, un- like discomfort around strangers. Right. And, you know, if a man opens the elevator and your thought is, I don't want to get in the elevator, mm-hmm. you're like, I don't want to be rude, you know? Right, right, right. And that's an actual example from the book where a woman's like, you know what, I'm not going to be rude and gets in the elevator and is attacked and she survived. But it's it's like a story of I knew getting in the elevator, you know, it was something was off. Well, I, so in college, I one of the things I studied was um, communication, but I studied human communication. So I, all of my background and my education is all like behavioral. Yeah. And I took a whole class on like basic consent and basic etiquette and like the instinct versus Mm -hmm. your upbringing and like it's just it's crazy how how much we'll conform absolutely it's that was like probably one of the coolest classes i ever took but it's scary it's like it's scary okay so gavin de becker um is he wrote he works with celebrities the government like he works with all these um like not even necessarily all big profile but like people who are at the risk of being victimized by um stalkers and he has written this book it's so fascinating and he talks about how like it's it's targeted toward women but it's like how women ignore their instincts because they don't want to be rude or they don't Mm want to you know and um how to basically it's called the gift of fear it's like to trust your instinct because a lot of times like your senses understand that something's wrong before your brain does well also um i think secondary but still important i mean guys should still read it too because they should be aware of what women absolutely have to feel. one of the most interesting things i've ever read which i don't know if it's controversial or not but it, it's on reddit it's this guy who wrote a post on let's not meet the subreddit where he said i was the person who made someone uncomfortable and he wrote a whole post about how he had um it, i think it was asperger's and he was like i realized years later how I like accidentally targeted this woman and made her so uncomfortable in like a blockbuster or something. And he wrote this whole from like that perspective. So you're right. Like he's like, I didn't even realize it until years later when someone was like, this is not okay. You're targeting somebody if you talk to them in this way or whatever. And like, he was very like, you know, apologetic for it, but it's fascinating to think like, I do feel bad for good guys out there who still don't understand exactly what. Yeah. Women have to go through. Yeah, there's plenty of resources, a.k.a. you should read this book. <laughs> a.k.a. this is the resource. But it is really fascinating, and it's, like, interesting because he uses a lot of cases, and he uses this Rebecca Shaver case uh, specifically also, and her case actually in, um, instigated this, it's sort of a task force, and he's on this task force. Mm. I don't know if he's the head of it, but he's, like, he might be the head of it, um, this task force to, like, 
where they kind of go in in like emergency situations when like mm-hmm. there's a stalker, which sounds very like criminal minds, but actually happens. Um, but I also wanted to add because as much as we're talking about like oh celebrity stalkers and Selena Gomez, um, just say it. It's just I don't like talking about it. But yes, okay. So I do want to. Um, kind of talk about like stalking in general real quick i'm not gonna like bore everybody with statistics but uh I'm it's important sure. to know yeah and a majority of people who are stalked are not celebrities mm-hmm. um so a lot of people are in danger of it to begin with um i did read a new york times article that i thought was really interesting um there was a study done of the backgrounds and psychological profiles of stalkers, and more of, more than half of the 24 male stalkers she interviewed had evidence of what psychologists call an attachment disorder. Mm-hmm. So from their childhood, they ha- either had a loss or an absence um, mm-hmm. in their life of a caring and consistent parent in the first six years of their life. So that's kind of an interesting little tidbit. Um, and then the National Center for Victims of Crime... Uh, defines stalking as a course of conduct directed at a specific person that would cause a reasonable person to feel fear. Um, And the shit is no joke and can become violent and can escalate and usually will escalate if something is not done. Um, And so some things that stalkers do uh, follow you, show up where you are, send unwanted gifts, letters, cards, or emails, damage your home, car, or property, monitor your phone calls or computer use, use technology like hidden cameras or GPS to track you, uh, drive by or hang out at your homeschool or work, threaten to hurt you, your family, friends, or pets, um, and other actions that, oh, going through your garbage to find out more about you, mm-hmm. um, other actions that might control, track, or frighten you. Uh, seven and a half million people are stalked every year in the United States. Over Jesus. 85% of stalking victims are stalked by someone they know. So I think that's important because, like, celebrity stalking is, you know, high profile, but 85% of people or more than that know the person mm-hmm. that's stalking them. Um, 61% of female victims and 44% of male victims of stalking are stalked by a current or former intimate partner. Yep. Standard. Um, about one in five stalking victims are stalked by a stranger. Uh, persons aged 18 to 24 years experience the highest rate of stalking. Uh, 11% of stalking victims have been stalked for five years or more. Holy crap. Which, can you imagine living five That's years? five years of fear. With somebody True always fear. behind you, always in the back of your mind. Um, and 46% of stalking victims experience at least one unwanted contact per week. So that's almost half of people hear weekly from this person who's stalking them, which is like the thought. Um, Last thing, two thirds of stalkers pursue their victims at least at least once per week, mainly daily, using more than one method, whether that's technology or being there in person or calling them. Um, One out of five cases, weapons are used to threaten the victim. Fuck. Almost one-third of stalkers have stalked before their current victim. Uh, And intimate partner stalkers frequently approach their targets and their behaviors escalate quickly. So if it's an intimate Mm -hmm. relationship, it usually uh, escalates to violence quicker. And um, I, like, can't even deal with this. But Uh, Is there a number or something that, like, if you're a victim of this right now? Oh, sure. Actually, yeah. Let me find it real quick. Okay. 
Yeah, so if you go to um, www.victimsofcrime.org slash SRC, uh, you can, there's a ton of resources for, you know, if you feel like maybe you're being targeted or you know a loved one who's being targeted, um, you can also call them at 202-467-8700 or email them at SRC at ncvc.org um and one of my best one of my best friends had a very 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 scary violent experience with this and she was 21 and it it still breaks my heart so i i want (laughs) to just say that if anything like this is scaring you or happening to you or someone you know you're not the only person and uh there are resources and people who want to help you so Okay. That's that. Yes. Good. Yes. Do you want to segue out of this? Yes. I want to hop on one of those nerdy little segues and... You want to talk about Moby Dickhead? Segue on out. What's that? The guy on Twitter. The thread. Christine. Wait. The guy with the ghost? Yeah. His name is Moby Dickhead? Well, that's his, like... Oh, I don't think I realized that was his handle. Moby underscore Dickhead. If you guys haven't seen... Oh, my God. If you haven't seen this thread... I think he caught an actual fucking ghost. No, it's it gives me chills. We're not going to say anything. Just go read it. But I'm actively following him. And he just posted again tonight. He did? Do you know what he did, Christine? No, what's the update? The exact thing you're not supposed to do. Ouija board. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Listen, this dude has a ghost and he got a Ouija board out. He has a straight up ghost. He had like he was having sleep paralysis and saw this thing that was showing up and has been tr- it's trying to get back to him but he recently moved and his cats are freaking out. He's putting salt by his doorways. It followed him and he has a photo of it and on he the has, stairs. He has a photo of it. He's like I'm watch I'm literally this man I'm have chills right now. I Me fo- too. He's what? okay, this, give this them is, the username. It's his handle is Moby underscore dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> and he's Straight up live tweeting. You guys, for a real. haunting. Read the thread. I got chills again. Read the it's, thread. Ugh, I'm. It's. Ha- it's happening so much. These chills. Me too. It's really freaking me out. Like my hair is on edge right now. Me too. But it's the best thread I've seen in a while. And like, I don't want to say that because this poor guy's being terrorized by something. But I can't. St- it's like a train wreck. I can't stop. Hashtag dear David. Hashtag. Just read it. Hashtag and that's why we drink. And that's why we fucking drink. Anyway, listen, go buy a fucking wine glass and <laughs> put like gin in it. I don't care what you put in you it. You can find us at and that's why we drink dot com, and you can go buy yourself one of our wine glasses yeah. and get drunk with uh, Moby Dickhead. Or if you're <laughs> please, because both of you deserve a, a drink. Also, if you're team milkshake and you don't drink, fine. Well, then get a koozie and drink a fucking Fanta or whatever you desire. You can do what Gio's doing right now and drink out of a dog bowl. I'm trying to talk loudly so we can't hear him, but it's not working. <laughs> anyway, we love you guys so much. Thank you for all your support. We'll be back soon from the emergency room. Probably. <laughs> in bed. <laughs> And that's why we drink. We're getting so good at it. I know. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.